You are listening to Did You Hear? 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 The Johnson County Library Podcast. We are coming to you from the Central Resource Library in Overland Park, Kansas. This is your Library Insider. If you liked our very popular episode about K-pop, then you're in for a treat. Rachel is back talking about K-drama. She'll help you navigate the world of Korean drama on the small screen. First, though, it's your weekly word. Wittershins, in a direction contrary to the sun's course, considered as unlucky, counterclockwise. Welcome to another edition of Did You Hear? We are always thrilled when our librarians drop by to give us some reader's advisory, sometimes viewer's advisory. I'm not... Melissa? Yeah. By the way, you're hearing the voice of Melissa Horak-Harn, the co-host of Did You Hear? Good morning, my home slice. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so we're holding uh, new auditions <laughs> for another... Uh, co-host. No, we're not. <laughs> we're um, bringing back home slice. It's a thing in the Genexus. Okay. So, um, when we bring librarians in, and uh, we love to hear their recommendations, but you know, what do you call some? But what, what do you call it? It's, it's we have readers' advisory. But what if you want to advise people on music or movies or television shows? Maybe we are entertainment advisors. Hmm, maybe so. One of our most popular episodes that we've had was on K-pop. Did you listen to that one, Melissa? I sure did. Yeah. Because I knew nothing about K-pop, but I heard about it everywhere. Well, so we have brought back that guest. So that's Rachel Novotny. Hi. Say hello, Rachel. Hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Can you remind people which branch you're out at? Yeah, I'm at Blue Valley. And uh, what do you do there? Yeah, I'm an adult services librarian there, and we just help people find items that they're looking for. You came and talked to us last time about K-pop, and it blew our minds. <laughs> and I think I think everybody that listened to it probably just they were probably like like I was. What what the heck is this all about? And this time you're back to talk about Korean, Korean dramas. dramas. Yes. Okay. So do we call them K-drama? We call them K-dramas. Oh, okay. Yeah. K-dramas. Okay. Yeah. So do we have a big collection of K-dramas here at the we library? We are growing a We're little growing. bit. We have a few things that have been, I think, added within the last six months or so. So they're coming in kind of slowly, but we have a few things here. Um, and I found four of them um, that you can check out if you're interested in. Would you say that K-drama has some distinguishing features, or, or is it just anything that's that's made for Korean TV we're calling K-drama? Yeah. So they're definitely Korean, South Korean, um, but there's a few things that they do differently than we might see in the U.S. So they typically have one season, so you're not dragging on for 16 seasons of something. Um, they typically go about... 12 to 16 episodes for 45 minutes to an hour and usually viewing live they're aired two days a week so you might have like a Tuesday Thursday or Tuesday Thursday Tuesday Wednesday drama or a Friday Saturday drama so you get a double dose each week and it kind of wraps up within eight weeks interesting that sounds kind of like heaven I hate having to wait a week mm -hmm. <laughs> well but you know uh, I, I wonder how they compare to say the soap operas of America that are daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that kind of like the equivalent? The tenor of them or they they do pack a lot in there because it is a season. 
but they also have some longer dramas out there too that I haven't quite gotten to. So some of them are like 150 episodes, which would be more um, tied to like what we would say is more realistic, not realistic, more like a, a soap opera sort of, like you're along for this ride that just keeps going. Do they tend to kind of run the gamut of like police drama mm-hmm. and hospital drama like ours? Yeah. Or do they tend more toward family stories? There's all sorts of things. So you have like your romantic comedies, you have your police procedurals, um, you have historicals that are aired. There's a lot. You, you know, one of the things that you mentioned last time when we were talking about K-pop that I, I found fascinating, when they do some of the videos, there's a, a little bit of censorship about what they can and can't show mm-hmm. in the video. So you, you specifically mentioned that they couldn't show people walking down the road because that's not safe. Right. And so, yeah. Wow. And yeah. so I wonder if these K-dramas face any of those kind of challenges. They they do. Um like, they'll go ahead and show things, but, like, and it depends on who's airing them. Um, but sometimes if there's a knife, they'll blur that out. Or if there's blood, they'll blur that out. Netflix has recently started to add K-dramas to their collections, and they don't do that. But a lot of the other areas that come out of South Korea do. Wow. Isn't that That's fascinating? fascinating. Can do you they... imagine what American TV would be like if... if... It would just be a blur. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the entire was, screen is just with like somebody's leg over yeah. to the side. Rachel, what was it that first drew you to K drama? Yeah, it was a complete accident. So I was just looking through Netflix to watch something, and I ended up clicking on Secret Garden, and I watched it, and I was like, "This is fascinating." Like, it was sixteen up. I think it was sixteen. It might be a twenty-some episode show actually, but it had romance, which I love. You have this poor stunt woman and this rich CEO of a shopping center that kind of find each other. And then you get really weird and there's like body swapping and all sorts of strange (laughs) things. Um, And I was like, wow, this is this is different from what I've seen. That sounds kind of amazing. Yeah, I recommend it. It's a classic in the K-drama world. It's a little bit dated now because I think it came out about 10 years ago, but. It's a good one. But is it kind of the the grandfather of them all, the one that led the way? It's it's up there. It's up there. Would that be where you would tell people to start? Um, I would probably have them start with some newer things and then kind of work their way. Work their towards way through that. history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also something that K-dramas do, which kind of draws me in, is they have OSTs or original soundtracks. So they use certain songs and they repeat them throughout the drama. So you get attached to them and you're like, these are like this song is playing now, so it's kind of meaning this and so it's pretty cool. Very interesting. Cool. So when you came in to talk to us about K-pop, um, its popularity has really taken off in this country. Would you say the same about K-dramas? I think it's not as popular as K-pop, but I feel like there's a lot of growth that's going to happen. So because we're starting to add some things. Um, Netflix has added some items. I think other streaming services has added items. Yeah. Um, and I think there's going to be more that's added. You, you know, and, and I, I'm in danger of going into territory that I'm not super secure with because my knowledge is kind of vague. But I do recall there were some really successful movies that – Started coming, I think, in the late 90s, maybe mid-90s, and throughout 2000. And I think there's been some really 
uh, big successes in the box office with Korean film. Do you attribute the success of Korean television to that success in the movies, or is it more from uh, K-pop? You know, uh, what what is making people so interested in this? Do, are, are some of the stars from K-pop um, in are, are they in these yeah. shows? Yeah, they are. Um, I think it is a mix of things like popularity-wise. If more people are viewing the movies, um, they see these actors, and they might be interested in learning more about like what dramas they're in and what characters they're portraying. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of crossover. So in K-pop, I can feel like once groups are established, they start to kind of branch out and do things that the members are interested in. So some of them might be interested in acting. So you'll start to see people that are in groups be in dramas and then those dramas get uh, high viewership sometimes because people are very interested to see what they do. Like we have um, Dio from EXO, which is a popular boy group. Um, He's been in stuff for a long time. It's Okay, That's Love, which is kind of a a drama that looks at mental health. Um, And then he was recently in 100 Days of My Prince, which was a historical drama. You hit on one of the um, series being focused on mental health. Is that something that is common to K-drama? Do they use those to kind of try to work through social issues like the after school specials that we used to watch back in the 80s did? A little bit. They touch on things here and there. Um, It just kind of depends. Usually it's not It's Okay That's Love was a little bit more focused on mental health. Sometimes in dramas they'll focus just a little bit here and there on on that topic. So it just kind of depends. Yeah, what what other types of themes are covered in these shows? There's usually a good mix of things. Um, So there's usually romance most of the time. Um... No, not another kissing K drama. <laughs> yes, yes. And there are some good ones out there. Um, because This Is My First Life is one of them, which looks at like everyday life and relationship issues along three couples that um, are at various stages in their relationships. Um, 13 but 17, or 30 but 17, is also one. Um, and it is similar to 13 going on 30, only the main character. Uh, has been in a coma since she's been 17 and she wakes up and comes out of it at 30 and just looking at where she's come from and trying to find her family and then finding people who who become her family. So there's sort of a not goofy Austin Powers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What's your favorite that you found so far? Um, My favorite is probably because this is my first life. Um, I also enjoy Healer, which is like a mystery sort of, and it looks at journalism and like digging down into the past from this photograph of five people and what happened to them in a certain time period and what came to be. So with uh, folks joining from the K-pop world into these shows, so uh, do these shows have a lot of singing and dancing or? Are there any triple threats? There, there are some triple threats, but most of the time, they're they're gonna be just acting. And there's a few dramas where they'll like have it centered around like an idol playing an idol. So, um, like the the best hit, I think, is one of those. Um, but usually, they're just trying out their acting chops, and and we're seeing what they're doing. And there have been a lot of a lot of K-pop stars that have 
gone into that. Yeah, there's a one of the big bands has just gone on hiatus. Yes. I heard that on NPR was covering the hiatus of a K-pop boy band. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one that is? Yeah. BTS. Oh, okay. <laughs> BTS. Okay, I thought that's what it was, yes. but I didn't want to say it wrong and mm-hmm. accidentally say a serial killer's name or something. <laughs> BTK. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I almost did that. Um, but um, do you think that they're going to dip their toes in the waters of acting or... Yeah, um, actually, one of them already has, and that's V. He was in Horang, um, which came out of a couple years ago, which was a historical drama. Um, so he might do it again. And I think I've heard that Jin has been interested in acting from that group. Um, not sure who else would be, but I would guess that some people from that group probably will. Do you feel like these crossover stars are, are successful in what they're doing in the K-dramas? Yeah, I do. Um, usually they'll start with a small role and then they'll just keep going. Some of them have gotten into like the main lead. And then um, there's one actor who isn't necessarily considered a K-pop star, but he was a reality show star. So he went on the singing competition. His name is Soongook. And he won that competition and then had a little bit of a singing career and then went into acting. And now he's uh, a lead star in a lot of dramas. Are you like a genuine general student of Korean culture, or you know, do you have a general general interest, or is it just something that you fell into? I just kind of fell into it, and and it started with Secret Garden. So <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah. Netflix does all kinds of good mm-hmm. things for our lives. Yes. Well, no, I think it's time to, to get you on a plane to Korea. You've never visited, right? <laughs> I haven't been there. No. Oh my gosh! So we, we should we should crowdfund that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you seem to legitimately have an an interest in Korean culture. Yeah. And the, the K-pop episode was fantastic. I think this is really compelling stuff as well. Um, just how much do you geek out about it? Do you do you ever have little watch parties? And do yeah. you have, have you found uh, kind of a group of friends that are into this as well? Mm-hmm. I like to kind of push them on my coworkers sometimes like hey you might like this Korean drama if you like this so um, that happens um, I watch them with friends and then my sister and I watch them not necessarily together but like the dramas that are coming out we'll watch weekly and then talk about them and that keeps us going um, and then at the end of the year we do a countdown on what were our top dramas that we watched this year that came out this year and what were the top dramas that we watched that came out previously. So we have a good time with that. That's fantastic and it's a good lesson to all of us that when something piques our interest we should run with it because it might turn into a new passion. Yeah, for sure and and always, you know, try to watch and and listen and read new things, stretch yourself a little bit. Uh, you know where we can help you do that? At the Johnson County Library. At the Johnson (laughs) County Library. Yeah, it opens so many different doors, and I think you kind of find out something about yourself, if that's not too cheesy. But, I mean, you do. Absolutely. And, you know, I was just going to ask Rachel, you know, what has has this love of K-drama and K-pop done for you? How have you changed because of it? Yeah, I've learned, like, a lot about the culture there, obviously. Um, And it's brought me closer to some friends and family because they've enjoyed it too and we have a lot to talk about. So it's been really good for me. That is great. So if folks want to see these great dramas, let's first talk about the the catalog. Um, Give us the rundown. What what do we have here that you could check out? So we have The Bride of Havoc, uh, which is a fantasy drama 
there's a water god who is kind of in this different world, and he comes to Earth to find these stones that can get him more power. And along the way, he finds this girl who her family has been a line of servants for these water gods, and she doesn't quite understand that she's his servant, and there's some conflict there. Um, and it's, it's a pretty good one. We also have Rich Man, which is a romance story um, starring Suho from EXO. He's the leader for that group. And he is a programmer for an IT company, but he can't recognize faces. So he's got this disability, um, and he has a, uh, a love story with this, this woman. Um, and then we also have Touch Your Heart, which is a, it's a kind of a law romantic comedy. Mm. Um, so it's set in a law office. You see different court cases going on. And our main heroine is a, an actress who's had a scandal. And she comes to work as a secretary at this law office to gain uh, some experience for this next role that she wants to take. And along the way, falls in love with one of the lawyers. Um, and then we also have Two Cops, which is a police procedural, um, and a detective teams up with a swindler to solve crimes. And then we also have my favorite, which is Goblin, which is a fantasy drama, and it is about a 900-year-old man who has um, basically has like this sword in his body, and he it's invisible to everyone, and he's looking for his bride who can see it and pull it out. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, wow. it's intense. Um, but it was pre-produced, which is a little bit different, because a lot of times they do uh, productions pretty close to when they release it, and this one was entirely pre-produced, so they did a lot of editing, and they made sure everything was just right. Um, and it has some really good actors in it, and it has a nice little bromance, I guess you'd say, there too. That, that's cool. interesting. So about the pre-production, so do, do a lot of the shows come across like American um, uh, soap operas where a lot of it seems like it's it's live and not quite rehearsed enough always? <laughs> um, they actually don't do too much of that, I don't think. It's more like most of the time it's like they've put together fairly well what they have, but a lot of times they're running up to a deadline. And there have been articles about actors working really long hours and being exhausted and having to have like IV drips to keep going. Yeah, so more recently they've started to do pre-productions, but that's not always the case. And Um, sometimes um, that causes issues too with the non-pre-produced dramas because there was one, Let's Eat 3, that came out last year, I think. and the main uh, actor, Yoon Doo-joon, got uh, his letter to go into the military service. So they had to cut the drama short so that he could go because they didn't have everything put out yet. Wow. Wow. So we mentioned uh, that the catalog is a good place to find a lot of these yeah. dramas. Um, if there are other titles that folks might be interested in, yeah. they could use our interlibrary loan Yes. Uh, service, also known as ILL. Mm-hmm. And um, we have done a podcast episode about that. I encourage everyone to go listen to that. It's really great. They have some really great stories about um, different things that they've um, obtained for patrons that are pretty interesting. But it's just such a great service that they can get you stuff from 
all kinds of different libraries throughout the world. And I guess that would probably be necessary for to find the K-pop or K-drama collections out there. Um, have you used ILL at all for, for these? Not for K-dramas, um, but I think a lot of libraries in California have started to pick yeah. them up too, so there's a lot there that you can request. Are, are, are there any hard-to-find titles that you have not, that you've wanted to uh, watch that you haven't, you know, uh, tried to find yet? I was watching 100 Days My Prince on a streaming service that was taken down to be put into something later by Warner Brothers. So that will be coming at some point. But um, 100 Days My Prince is a drama that I would like to finish. And so I might check in her library alone to see if I can get that. That's a great idea. I think so. And who knows what else you would find that's related. Right. Oh, boy. That sounds like... I would love to follow up someday to find out just what what you found. Yeah, that sounds like a fun rabbit hole to track. (laughs) Uh, So non-library resources, you want to Mm -hmm. mention a couple of those? Yeah. So Viki.com, that's V-I-K-I, is a streaming service. You can create a free account. um, And with that, you you can access dramas that have previously come out. Some of them may be locked for, like, paying subscribers, but you can you can view a lot that's not um, paid sub- paid service. Yeah. Um, and that also goes with Kakawa.com. That's K-O-C-O-W-A.com. And that's actually Korean Content Wave, which I recently learned. And a lot of networks out of Korea have started pushing through there. So if you watch on Viki, you might see Kakawa show up before you start your show. Um, so that's kind of a newer one that things are starting to come out of, but it's it's the same thing. So you can create a free account. You can access most of the content, um, but it can be limited to newer stuff that's coming out weekly. Neat. And so you mentioned Netflix mm-hmm. and then uh, other other streaming services that um, maybe you just put the search term Korean or Korean yeah, drama Korean and drama. see what happens. See what happens, yeah. 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 But uh, it's so neat to think about all the genres and subgenres and the things that really do it for you, you know, the, the things that make you tick. That fascinates me to find out what people are passionate about. It's yeah. always so intriguing. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's just part of being kind of a, a lifelong learner and just being open to new experiences and trying new things. And so I'm going to be trying some of these K-dramas this weekend. My family's going to be out of town, and I've got the place to myself, so All it's right. time for some K-drama binge-watching. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, yeah, Rachel. Thank you, thank for having you me. Rachel. Yeah. Did we miss a question you wish we would have asked? Do you have thoughts or stories about today's topic? Share them with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash jocolibrary. And now, our writer's quote of the day. This is Tammy Colbert from the Cedar Row Library as a clerk. My quote is from Marcus Tullius Cicero. If you have a garden and a library, you have everything you need. We leave you with sounds from one of our locations. It's your audio minute we call 
Library Zen. For more episodes of Did You Hear, go to the Johnson County Library website, jocolibrary.org slash didyouhear.